Landon and Emily, come and take your time and share. I want you to not only hear with your ears, but hear with your heart, and then I'll come back later. Mm -hmm.
Just, um, <clears throat> just stay right there. Barry and, and Derek, come on up here and join me as we pray for them. And why don't um, all of you stand up? Uh, you've been sitting for too long. And uh, I'll have you seated in just a moment. But um, we, w- we want to pray <clears throat> for them. And um, we want to partner with them. We're gonna, I'm going to take an offering a little bit later. And so uh, while I'm wrapping up, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit what he wants you to do um, to help out in this missions outreach. Um, Barry, why don't you get the microphone and why don't you pray? Let's all stretch our hands towards them. You may be seated. Hallelujah. If I titled what I'm going to share with you today, I would title it this way. Our role in the Great Commission. Not going to be long. Just hold steady with me, please. We hear these terms, missions and outreach and spreading the gospel and being a witness. We hear all these terms and sometimes we categorize them in a way that certain terms apply to certain people. Oh, it applies to those people. Like, for instance, missions applies to the Nichols because they're going overseas and so But then we categorize ourselves maybe in evangelism or outreach or just being a witness. And I want to connect those together, those terms together. Because while the Nichols may have a call to go to a specific location and do a specific form of ministry... 
doesn't negate the call that we have to do what God has called each one of us to. So it's not them versus us, it's all of us together. And if we're not careful, we can get selfish about God. Here in America, many times, you know, we, 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 here in our community, for instance, we have great services, and that's wonderful. And we're growing spiritually, and we have good conferences, and we love to attend. And we have great relationship here in our community, or at least some of us believe that, and there's others of us that, like me, I'm still working on that relationship word. But all of that is true. But all of that is what I call inflow. It's for me. It's for you. It's God touching you. And that's all, that's all good. That's all good. But I want to ask you about the outflow. If our community has great inflow and and there's conferences, and there's great services, and the power of God is moving, and we're being impacted. What are we doing with the impact? The Great Commission is about outflow. It's about outflow. It's about not you. It's not about you. It's about other people. 1 Peter 3.15, be sanctified, but sanctify your heart. The Lord, keep the Lord treasured in your heart as holy and be ready always to give an answer for anyone that asks the reason of the hope that's inside of you. And then it says, comma, with meekness and gentleness and fear. We've got to have what we receive as a treasure in our heart, but then we're all commanded to spread the gospel. Mark chapter 16, very familiar. Jesus said to his disciples, that's you and me, by the way, his disciples. That's not just the twelve that's not the people that never heard. That's you and me. He said to his disciples, Go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news of the gospel to every creature of the human race. Notice that. The good news of the gospel. It's not bad news. He didn't tell us go and share the bad news. He said go and share... The good news. You see, the good news is that God loves you. And God loves the Muslim. In fact, he loved you so much that he wanted to spend eternity with the human race. But, as we know, man sinned. And he still loved you so much that he sent Jesus to pay the penalty for your sin. And mine. And so Jesus died for you and me. So that if we confess 
our sins and ask Him to forgive us, then we can spend eternity with Him in heaven. You see, it's heaven or hell. There's no in-between. Eternity is heaven or hell. And there may be some under the sound of my voice that maybe you haven't heard that. You, maybe it hasn't come alive to you. The neighbor that lives beside you will spend eternity in heaven or hell. Your family member, your friends at work, Heaven or hell. But the gospel is the good news. And then it goes on to say, share the good news with every creature of the human race. Sometimes we, we think, well, you know, I don't preach and I don't do this or that. It's your testimony. It's your story. Your story is different than mine. But if God's touched you, what a tremendous story. Think about people here in this congregation and the things that God's brought you out of. Think about it. The road that you were once on, and then somehow, some way, the good news came to you and turned you upside down turned you a totally different direction your life is totally changed you your old friends don't even recognize you what a testimony i'm reminded of the story of the little old lady who asked for prayer from the pastor and said oh pastor just pray for me nobody knows that i'm saved at work Nobody knows I'm a Christian. I'm an undercover Christian. Just pray that I'll endure, have strength to the end. No. Where do you find that in Scripture? Where do you find it? And another excuse would be, well, I don't want to be too pushy. Nobody asked you to be pushy. Can I tell you, don't be pushy. God wasn't pushy with you. He was persistent, but he wasn't pushy. Please don't be obnoxious out there. And so the question that I put before you is this. If you've heard the good news, then shouldn't other people hear the good news? And well, we live in Florida and we're all retired. Or life is just too busy, or I just don't have time, or I've got this wife and this whole herd of children, and, or I'm busy in school. Here's, here's one here. I can only focus on one thing at a time, and right now I'm trying to develop my relationship with God. Or here's one. I'm just so shy. Can I tell you, go reach shy people. Go testify to shy people. I mean, you know how they feel. You know what their perception is. And we all have different personalities. 
different personalities. Your personality is different than my personality. And I know, you know, there's some people that are just straightforward and they're going to preach the gospel. And we need that. But the vast majority of us, myself included, I know you find that hard to believe, but myself included, I, I don't, there's times that that anointing comes on me, but th- that's not me every day. So there's just excuse after excuse after excuse. But I'm here to tell you that everyone has the right to hear the good news of the gospel. Everyone. I'm reminded of the story, for those of you that don't know, I was raised in Africa, and I don't have time. I I should share my testimony. It's been a while since I've shared that. But I, I remember as a young boy, my father and some a bunch of pastors decided that they were going to go up into an area of a country that was not evangelized. And um, our organization had never gone up there, and we didn't know anything about it. And so anyway, so these guys, these pastors and my dad get in this vehicle, and they go driving up just to kind of scout out the land. And and so they were driving down dirt roads and talking and whatever, and they noticed there was a man off in the field. And he was kind of crouched down, and, and one person in the vehicle said, oh, I wonder what he's doing. And they began to speculate, oh, he's farming, or because or, there, there was far, it was farmland as well. And, and someone said in the vehicle, well, let's stop and find out. And so they slammed on brakes, and you know how it is on a dusty road, all the dust then comes by you. And they backed up, and they pulled off to the side there, and they walked out into the field. And as they got closer, they noticed that there was a young boy that was there with the older man. And as they walked closer, they found that there was a pile of stones just gathered around, maybe 15, 20 stones, round rocks. And they looked at this man, and this man had sacrificed a a goat and cut the meat and laid the meat on the stones and put the blood on the stones. And he had some chickens that he had slaughtered as well and cut the meat and placed it on the stones and sprinkled that blood on the stones, and he was just crouching down. And they walked up to him, and they said to him, one of the national pastors who knew the language walked up to him and said what what are you doing here and he said well he said um, I'm sacrificing to my God and they said well explain that to me he said well it's very simple very basic my grandfather came here and did this and my grandfather came here and did this And my father came, and he brought me and taught me, and so now I'm a father, and so I'm here doing this, and I've got my son right here to learn to do this so that when I pass on, he can continue. To make sacrifice to a pile of stones, his God. And my father spoke up through the interpreter and said, but you don't have to sacrifice anymore. And this man 
in his 40s, looked up at my dad with this confused look on his face. And he said, what, what do you mean? This is, this is what my family does. This is, this is what we've done for years and years and years. And you're coming and you're telling me that I don't have to do this anymore. My dad said, no, you don't have to do this anymore. Because God sent his son to die on a cross to forgive you of your sins so you don't have to come here anymore. And the man bowed his head and looked at the stones. He looked back at my dad and he said this, but nobody's ever told me. I didn't know. Nobody's come to our region and told me that I didn't have to do this anymore. See, that man was committed to his God. Wrong God, but committed. Disciplined. Going to come here and going to show his son, teach his son how to do this for generations to come. And he said, but nobody's ever come and told me that I didn't have to come here anymore. You could be like the Nichols who are called to Muslim refugees. I leaned over to my wife. It was April when we went over to Greece and my sister and her husband are helping now. They're transitioning to Italy, but they've helped for quite a while. And the body of that young boy that washed up on shore. My sister and her husband stood on the shores, both shores, and helped refugees get off boats and rafts. But you know what? The person at work needs to hear the same gospel. Say, well, they already heard. You don't know what they've heard. Can I tell you that there are people feet from this building who haven't heard? And some who've heard, but they've tuned out the Holy Spirit because they didn't understand it. Maybe one of us didn't represent Christ correctly to them. Say, are you mad? No, I'm not mad. Had some friends over to the house the other night and their advice to me was, you need to smile more. I take that. I receive that. Can't help the way I look. But if you knew my heart, you'd know I'm smiling. There are times that we share the gospel all in one setting. Could be an outreach, could be a service. But many times it's a process, like the Nichols. It's going to be a process. They're going to meet Muslims, and there's going to be distrust, and, and they're going to have to build that trust over tea and biscuits. That's okay. That's what I have to do. I have to build relationships. You have to build relationships. I ask questions when I meet people. I ask them questions. 
oh, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? I was one time in Africa and I was traveling to a, a different location and I had basically all day with this driver that I had and we began to talk and I, I was just praying while I was sitting in the truck, you know, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do, say, whatever. And uh, we got to talk and I said, so are you Muslim? And he said, oh yes, I'm Muslim. I said, that's interesting because I'm Christian. Oh, oh, he said, we're the same. I said, the same? I've never heard that one before. I said, explain to me about the same, Christians and Muslims. Oh, we serve the same God, and, and uh, you know, he's, he's, he's the same God. He's Allah, you know, yeah. I said, well, do you, what do you think about, I asked him, what do you think about God? Oh, he's powerful. I said, do you think that he has all power? Yes, 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 yes. You think he can do anything that he wants to do? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So there was silence for a little bit, and we kept bouncing down the road as he was driving. And I said, well, do you think that there's any difference between Muslim and, and Christianity? Oh, there might be some, a few differences. I said, really, tell, tell me one of them, just one. He said, well, Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. I said, really? I said, why do you say that? He said, it's because it's impossible. And so I said to him, I said, um, I thought you said that God has all power. Oh, yeah, he does. I thought you said that he can do anything that he wants to do. Yes, 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 yes. I said, well, what if he decided to have his son born of a virgin? And there was silence. <laughs> I ask questions. Make thought-provoking statements that causes the other individual to think about reality. Cause them to go away and ponder and come back and ask you questions. Make statements like, Man, what you're facing is so difficult. But when I have to face difficult situations, I ask God to help me, and He helps me, and He'll help you. The other month I was had to go down to West Palm Beach, and there's a man that own uh, that owns that uh, is the purchasing agent of the. Palm Beach County, one of their warehouses, and uh, I'd, ne I'd never met him, and I had heard that he was very sick and struggling in his health, and this is an older man, and he's grumpy, let's put it that way, he doesn't give you the time of day, and um, the doctors had tried several different types of treatment, and all it did was make him sick, and he just suffers i mean he's skin and bone and um, so when i walked over to his door and i knocked on his door he's looking down at his desk the first he didn't even look at me he just said i only got two minutes for you hurry up that's what he said to me two minutes for you i ended up spending about 25 minutes with him and i told him my story about the brain tumor and i shared with him how that god helped me and really came through for me and 
And I told him that God wanted to help him. He opened up to me and we talked and conversed for a while, building, building relationships. And he said to me, he said, you know, I'm so encouraged by your story. I, saw, I told him, I said, you know, I'll be praying for you as I travel around and drive and spend hours in the truck to spend that time praying. And the Holy Spirit brings people to my mind. And I know it's the Holy Spirit, and I know I'm supposed to pray. And I've been doing that, and I look forward to going back down there and visiting with him, seeing him again. But you've got a story, and everyone has to hear your story. Everyone in your world. Everybody has their own world. And don't hesitate to share that. Let's sing. I know this is weird or whatever, but sing this song with me that we used to sing when we were in children's church. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Why does He love them? Dennis used the word this morning, precious. They're precious in His sight. That's why everyone has to hear the gospel. But in your witnessing, let me, let me just hone in on something here. The key to sharing your testimony is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. You see, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. But let me ask you something. Does he have you? You say, well, I don't know what you mean by that. I, I would say this. Are, are you yielded to him? Do you follow his leadings, his promptings? Do you heed the wisdom that he gives you? Say, well, the Holy Spirit's never told me anything. Well, that, this may be the point right here. Do you rely on his power? Do you listen when he shows you right from wrong? I just described to you characteristics of the Holy Spirit. There are people who never think about surrendering or yielding to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Oh, yeah, they got the Holy Spirit. But they don't listen to Him. They've got the volume turned down. They're distracted by life. Had one young person tell me the other day they realized that they didn't, weren't listening to the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. Can I urge every one of you, yield to the Holy Spirit every day and then listen to Him and let Him, let Him direct your steps. Let Him make divine contacts with other people that you come in contact with. Follow his leading and obey him. 
Can I tell you, those of you that struggle with temptation, all of us deal with temptation. Don't think that you get as old as me and then you, it's, you're just free sliding into heaven. Are you kidding me? I have to deal with temptation just like you do. But can I tell you something? At the moment of temptation, if you'll yield to the Holy Spirit, you'll overcome it every single time. The problem is, is that we wrestle with it in our minds because it feeds the flesh. Oh, is it really that bad? No, it's not. Oh, I haven't done that in a long time. Oh, nobody will know. No, 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 no. When you face temptation, yield immediately to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I need your power right now. Can I tell you, he'll never leave you out to dry. He'll never, he'll never abandon you. He will come to you just like that. Develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Find out who he is. Can I tell you, he's more than an unknown tongue? Speaking in tongues is part of it, but he's more than that. He's more than that. So we must yield to the Holy Spirit and ask Him to lead us. And so in, in witnessing and sharing our story, we need the Holy Spirit. We all know the Scripture in Acts. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, comma, and you'll be a witness and tell people about me. Yet we somehow muster our own whatever to go out and witness and then we're not effective because we're doing it in our own strength. Can I tell you something? If we're going to do something, let's do it effectively. When we have the Holy Spirit that we're relying on to direct our words and, and our steps and where we go and make connections with people, make sure that you're yielded to the Spirit. But then the Great Commission goes on and says, Be a witness to me and of me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. We heard about the ends of the world. Have you ever felt like you're at the end of the world? I do. Every time I go to Homestead, I feel like I'm at the edge of the earth. Not that I believe the earth is flat, but it's, <laughs> it is down there. You say, well, you've never been to the Keys. You're right, I haven't. I need to go there, too. I don't know what that'd be like. But but the end of the world. Then we always have all these excuses. Well, I don't have enough money, and I don't know where to go, and I don't know how to get there. But he starts with Jerusalem. Can I tell you that Jerusalem is right here in this building? Can I tell you that it's the city of Lakeland? Again, it's not us and them, it's all of us together. Someone will go to the ends of the earth. But does that mean your mouth must be silent in Lakeland? I would say no. We must do our part. It requires our story, our testimony, our talents, our gifts. You think he gave those to you to just squander them? No, he gave you those gifts that you have 
so that you can use them for him. And there's, di there's many different methods. It's not just preaching with a microphone or a megaphone on the street. The other Sunday, we had someone in here, they did rap. Was that incredible or what? Yeah, use, use that. I can't rap. <laughs> I confess. Drama, or you do worship, set up and do worship. Find a location. I know, I know of people who jump on the city bus to testify and witness. They get on the bus, they get those, those annual whatever, you know. They get on the bus. You know, people are on the bus until they get to their stop. Well, you have whatever time that is. Share your story. And we mentioned in the announcements the fall, this fall outreach that's coming up. You know, it happens to be on Halloween. You know, society tells all of us that, hey, we got to herd up our kids and put on a costume and go out and get candy. Society tells them that. And so what are we going to do? We're going to have a festival here. They're already out on the streets trying to collect candy. Why don't they stop by here and hear the gospel and get some candy? Why not? You know, Halloween, different people have different beliefs about Halloween. It's a satanic day. I don't care whether you believe it or not. Can I tell you that people are sacrificed? Not 30 miles up the road. Sacrificed. But here's a way that we can change it and, and, and give the gospel and we're asking each one of you to come and just simply help us. I mean, can you, like, show up and pour a drink in a cup and hand a cup to a child with a smile? Can you do that? Do you realize that you, you, you and your smile may be the only smile they've seen that whole week? Because you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Then we have evangelism and outreach that goes on all the time. Saturdays and they give out food and clothes. And now we're even giving out medicine and eyeglasses and stuff like that. And I try to get by there every chance I get. We have elders meeting on Saturday morning and then... Sometimes we have to run to work and it's all, but even if it's 30 minutes, I just try to stop by. Not that I got to say anything. I just want to be there and just encourage them as the team, as they out, you know, share the gospel and do this. It's, it's hard work. It's hard work. But never think that you can only share the gospel the same way that somebody else shares it. Or never think that no one else is allowed to share the gospel any different way than you share it. God takes and uses and he, the Holy Spirit leads us to do and spread the gospel in a myriad of different ways. But again, you're going to have to be yielded to the Spirit. Maybe your creative way of sharing the gospel can enhance another person's way of sharing the gospel like if you rap 
maybe if you went to one of our outreaches and Enrico gave you the microphone, you could rap for God. And someone that rapping means a whole lot to, which isn't me, but that, that rapping means a whole lot to, that, you know, it's hip, it's the thing to do, whatever. Maybe you would establish a contact with them, a relationship with them that might lead them to Christ. So let me wrap this up. I don't even know what time it is. Woo! So we have the Great Commission that's given to the disciples by Christ, which we are his disciples. Number two, everyone has the right to hear the good news. Number three, we share the good news starting right here in Jerusalem, in this building, in Lakeland, and then it goes to the end of the earth, to every creature of the human race. And if we can't go, then we send somebody. If we're not called to the ends of the earth, a specific call, like the nickels, then we make sure that we send them, help send them go. Because the Great Commission still has to go forward. He, Jesus didn't say go into all the world if you have all the money in the world. Never said that. Can I tell you that my parents, after spending 40 years in Africa, there were individuals who gave them, supported them $5 a month for 40 years and never missed a month? $5. Many times we think, oh, it takes thousands. It does take thousands. But it doesn't have to be you that pays the thousands if you don't have it. He didn't ask you to give something that you don't have. We're going to take an offering here. So just hold steady with me. Nick and the gang. How do you like that? Nick and the gang. That's like cool in a gang. <laughs> Nick and the gang can come up here. Some of you, that just went. Whoosh. Now just let it go, let it go, let it go. We're going to take an offering here. It's a missions offering. But I, I just want to say something, first of all. If you're here and you didn't hear, you've never heard the good news of Jesus Christ, I've given it to you today. I'm here to tell you that he loves you, and he loves you so much that he wants to spend eternity with you. In heaven, because he's not going to be in hell, I can tell you that. And if that's you, I want you after the offering to come and stand here with me. I want to pray with you. If your communication with God is not hooked up, I want to help you. There are people here that want to help you get hooked up with God. And maybe you're here today and, I don't know, you heard something that the Nichols said or something in the words of a song or even me. And the Holy Spirit is 
like ding, 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 ding. Don't act like I'm the only one that he does that to. He does it to you too. Do, do, do. It might be you've realized that you haven't been developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit and yielding to him on a daily basis. Ding, 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 ding. If that's you, I want to pray with you after the offering. Don't be shy. Don't be hesitant. All we want is God. So as the ushers come, I want you to listen to me very carefully about this offering. This offering is for missions. If you mark on your offering, by the way, there's the text. You can text um, on your phone and put Nichols Fund. Every penny goes to them. If you're writing a check and you want it to go to Nichols, put their name on it. We've asked that everyone in the congregation have a missionary to support on a monthly basis. Maybe you're here and you need to get your missions offering in. Mark it accordingly. If you if you've given this offering and you don't mark it, it's going to go into our general missions fund that goes to different missionaries and different projects and and all of that. But if you want it to go to the Nichols, put Nichols on there. If you have another missionary, Rasmussen, Pastor John, Ken and Melvin's, and then Haiti. Who? Taylor's. There we go. I knew that. Mark it. Just mark it. If you say, I've heard, I've heard the Great Commission this morning, and I, I just want to do something. I, I don't want to eat at this restaurant and not pay. I want to I be a part. I can't go, but those people, including the Nichols, said they would go. So I'm going to make sure that I get in on them going and support them going. And then after the service, you can go out there, turn in that card, exchange information, stay in contact with them and all that. But I, I, want, I want to encourage everyone to do something in this offering right now. Let's pray. Father, I, just, I thank you for the Great Commission that's a huge challenge for each of us. It's not just for, quote, the missionary that goes overseas. It's, it's for all of us. And we're not going to neglect our responsibility. And we're not going to stand before you one day and say, hear you say, well, why didn't you share the good news? God, we want to do that. And I pray that you'd give every individual a creative way that fits their personality, fits their situation, whether it be at school or at work or wherever. That as they yield to you on a daily basis, that you would give them the words to say. They don't even have to worry about what to say. Because as they yield to you, you have a way of giving us the right words. Based on the situation of the person. I pray that everyone would do something. Not because I said so, but because it's your great commission. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
go ahead and pass the buckets. And, and if, if you're here today and you heard the good news and you want to give your life to God, I want you to come here and stand here with me. I want to pray for you. He said, if you ask him to forgive you of your sins, that he'd do it. That's what he said. If you don't, he won't. And others of you, if you're here and you heard something and you just need to seal something with God, with what you've, maybe you realize you've fallen way far short. Or maybe he's given you a creative idea. Come up, seal that up here. As we sing, everyone standing, give those an opportunity to come forward before you leave. Please have all conversations outside so as not to disturb. Let's worship together. Come forward. I'll pray with you. Our prayer team's here to pray with you. And then we'll dismiss.